Well, hey. hey. Huh? <laughs> yeah, let me yeah. just get that stream going here on uh, Facebook. Got the. Oh wait a yeah, second. You got a two. The two. Your two you keys any, broken. Do you any of you guys yeah. have the password? Oh, wait, I don't actually have an account. Damn it. Oh. Oh, this is oh. gonna be tricky. Um, yeah. Nick, maybe we can just sign on, sign in on your account. Oh, that's right. You're not on Facebook anymore. He's, he got, he got. No, uh, I am. I just don't. I don't. You don't. Oof. No, and, and <laughs> weren't you temporarily blocked for saying something? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was all those those I'm Trump not talk about all those yet, Trump it's... memes you were uh, following. You yeah. know, you were. Ugh, he's yeah. in that's he's me. in Facebook jail yeah, now. That's me, right? Yeah. Uh, boy, I, I I feel foolish now, guys. We, uh, we should have we, we, we should have we thought about this before we went. <sighs> we decided to hit record mm. here. Oh well. Um, oh well. Maybe this will just be another. Just regular episode week. What do you guys say? I think I think that's yeah, what we're gonna have do to do. Okay, let's just do that. <laughs> and it's certainly not. Do, uh, you know, this is not our fault. You know, no. we did the best we could to be prepared and ready oh, to just go total live. Total pandemic. Totally yeah. pandemic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> COVID, man. COVID. So yeah. So to just as a you know PSA to all the rabid you you should check it out fans out there. Uh, we wanted to go live this week, but thanks to the man. <laughs> you know, who wants a password to log into Facebook? Not going to happen. And COVID, guys. right? Actually, and the password's COVID. COVID. Yes, absolutely, yeah. I think the password's COVID. I think that is yeah. the password. <laughs> uh, that's what it was. <laughs> that was the password, you're right. I yeah, sorry about that, guys. We we, we we had planned to go live this week, but, um, you know, forces con- conspired against us. And, and here we are on a, on a mm-hmm. beautiful Thursday. How are you guys feeling? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. Well, I'm awesome. I'm yeah. doing better. I'm doing better, man. Yeah. It's been a rocky week, up and down. Yeah, and yeah it has been a rocky right. week. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into some of that. You know, maybe even call on uh, call on a buddy. We'll see. I think we think? M- well, I think we might need some help on this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're all a little depleted here. Yeah. So. It is. It's a yeah. Feels like a Tuesday for for a Thursday. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 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 All <sighs> right. Well, before things go too far south, why do you say we get this ship out of port? Do yes. it. Don't get stuck. Exactly. Yes, that's right. You are here quasi-live. I mean, we're live. You're not yeah. live, yeah. but we're, we're here. It's You Should Check It Out. Up. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's episode 86 of You Should Check It Out. And my name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. We're broadcasting live from the Suez. <laughs> Swiss. <laughs> yeah. right. This that whole thing was your you know, fault, Greg. I'm all yeah. You know, I'm always jumping around. I'm uh, yeah. Sorry, I was freaking. I was. I distracted on, the man. captain. You know, I you had one that. job: go straight down the yeah, middle of the canal. I mean, it doesn't exactly. seem that difficult, but I've seen anyway. you screw up more complicated things. So this is true. Wait, yes. Anyway, wait. <laughs> then, then, then taking then taking a cargo ship through the Suez more complicated. <laughs> let's yeah. let's not dwell on that. Let's not dwell on that. Okay, all right. But no, no. Let's let's dwell on the fact that we have an incredible show for you this week. Uh, we got a yeah. bunch of stuff to talk about. Nick's gonna be talking about Ticketmaster, kinda. It's Live Nation. It's yeah. all the same thing at this point, right? I guess it is now. Yes. Right. Yeah, they did merge. Yeah. Right. Greg's gonna be talking about donuts. And I assume right. other Heck pastries, yeah. croissants. Yes, the croissants, the mm. patisseries. <laughs> and I'm going to be talking about my favorite thing: analog synthesizers mm. and their progenitors. Sounds right. Yeah. 
Sounds right. <laughs> but you know what? We we're we're all a little faded this Hold week. On. We've all had. I want to hear a song first. I want to hear a song oh. first. Oh, all right. Can we do a song? Yeah, maybe this will kick us into into gear. What you got? Let's let's try this. Let's try this. Freaking Black Midi finally put some stuff out. <laughs> nice. So pumped. Yes. So pumped. <laughs> Nick is so Number excited one about this song. I really, I really am because I was very, I, like I said, I, I, I was very much, like I, I really like these guys. Let's see what the second album has in store for us because you never know what direction the band takes with that second album. Absolutely. Um, and I was not disappointed. So they, they, they got a new album coming out in May uh, and they dropped a single from it called John L. Woo. Can we hear that real quick? Jew. tune <laughs> it only gets weirder <laughs> oh, okay man that been the whole tune that is awesome yeah. dude yeah yeah I'm, that yes. is cool Bad very excited ass. for the rest of that very excited for the rest of that um yeah so that sounded like uh they did they decided to go in the vein of like mahavishnu king crimson with a splash of primus yeah <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah that's a good one that's a good one i hadn't thought of primus yeah definitely mm-hmm. just some real it's funny you said that man chopped up I, stuff. I was i was listening to primus today on my uh hike like up the stairs and i it was sailing the seas of cheese i, I don't know i don't know how i landed on it i was like oh I'll listen to this i think it was like title suggested it to me and i, I was like oh yeah, yeah i'll listen to some primus i haven't listened to this in forever and then you know, i forgot how it went and so i'm going up the the hill and it's like arduous and i'm like you know and I, well, but there's one song early on in that record he's like left <laughs> right <laughs> left you, know? Did you lock in <laughs> yeah well, so i was yeah definitely it was, i was I, I used it i'll say that yeah <laughs> hell yeah so um but maybe that's a reason why i'm a little feeling a little low energy what you, you guys you guys are a little low energy today Do we I, need to- I i i put some stupid hot sauce on my lunch today oh and I, i'm so jacked right jacked up right now <laughs> <laughs> oh. i need help i need help Greg. Okay, he needs help you need can help. we get some help well, i don't know um you, got, any, the, you got friends shut up don't do this just tell me a friend get him on <laughs> come on is there any i, I don't we know have? Who, who haven't we talked nick, to for a nick while? i don't know 
There's, there's, I, don't I, care. I have friends, but they're not necessarily available just whenever we need them. You know. Ooh. Uh, but let's let, let, it, let let's get Wyatt on. He he's really good at talking. Let's you know, here's the thing though. I, I, Do you have his That's a great idea. What? But tonight there's this like okay. really mm-hmm. hot live stream that Fish is doing. Of this classic concept. Oh, I mean, you guys have all heard of that. And right, he's so. definitely not going to. Well, no, yeah, he's no, definitely he's, not going to. He's boy. definitely going to be watching that. He's yeah, he probably going to it. I, you know, yeah, if exactly. I know Wyan, he will happily put that aside to come talk to us. <laughs> you think? I, I doubt if it. I know that's Wyan, a big ask. I doubt it. Well, he's, yeah, yeah, one way to find out. Can well, you, call, you, know. you got his number, right? Is he on speed dial? Um, let's see here. Maybe, you know what? Just just do the thing where it calls the same numbers last time, because I'm pretty sure he's the last person we called. Good call. Yeah. All right. I'll just hit this one button. Star, is it star six nine or what is it? Star yeah. six there it is. It's calling somebody. Oh. All right, it's ringing. Who yeah. knows? Let's see if. Uh... Oh. Oh. Hey. Oh. Why? Hey. Wine. What? Huh? Huh? Hey. Hello? Is is this, this? What? is this wine? Yeah, yeah, this is Wyatt. Hey. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> hey, it's you. L- should listen, check it out. I, I know, I, I, how are you? Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Now, we realize there's a live fish stream or something happening right now. Is sorry a to fish interrupt. Stream. <laughs> fish stream. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's that's kind of always happening here in uh in in, in Oregon. We're we're well known for our, our salmon. Uh, yeah. Fisheries, and, uh, <laughs> right. there's kind of all these uh-huh. fish coming upstream and downstream. So, so you're not really missing out on bien. That's good. <laughs> I mean, have you had Oregon salmon? I don't know if I. T- I mean, I've had food in or in Oregon, <laughs> which was very good. I, I, I no, but seriously, I, I remember. I think I've the, had uh, food with you, know, you in Oregon. Yes, yes, and. I, I was probably just devouring everything in sight as I tend to do when it's but yeah in in Portland I, I, every time I go I'm like you got to be kidding me what is what is going on here how is the food so good here I don't get it I mean I do but we, we all have the munchies I just, I'm, it's, ju- it's, I'm just jealous it's, it's high priority yeah, for us high. Uh, everybody just uh, high. <laughs> good call sense. good call but yeah it's uh, yeah I always end up ordering something that I wouldn't order something like chicken fried steak or something you know when I go to Portland <laughs> yeah we got some you know? good that's chicken it. fried steak here. Orc. really yeah that's what I'm saying yeah yeah Man. and then and, and I'm always like wow this is incredible and then I'm like why don't I get this every whatever you know every time I go to a diner because it, it's and not like the, the same with Waffle I'll House it's that it's that I learned that the hard way <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's well, what I was doing live stream last night. Yeah. Why, why, yeah thanks exactly. for coming on, man. I, yeah, we're, we've just we just started the show and we're feeling a little bit low energy. I know Nick wants to talk about some stuff, and uh, you know, revolving. I don't know. I don't even know what he's going to talk about, but we wanted to get your help just to kind of bring the energy of the show up a little bit. Sure. You got some time to, to to chat? I'm always happy to chat with you guys. Oh, yeah. Hey, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank buddies. you, buddy. Yeah, yeah man. I I saw uh, an article drop that was titled, Why Did Live Nation Stock Price Hit an All-Time High Without Live Music? And I was like, shift. If this is about venues, I have no idea, but I know who does. <laughs> mm. Appreciate that. No, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you saw this article, but they, it was basically just talking about the um, uh, Live Nations basically continue to grow and, and, and accumulate wealth through this pandemic. And as, as smaller and mid-sized venues kind of uh, go down, but then it kind of speculated about them like gobbling up a bunch of venues as well throughout this process. 
didn't know if you had any thoughts about that or if, or if we had sent you this link ahead of time. And yeah, not, I mean, I've, I apologize. I've, 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 seen, I've, I've seen the article that you're talking about. Um, you know, okay. it's, always, it's something that I've been paying a lot of attention to um, sure, sure. over the course of all this. Um, I mean, more than anything, I think that I kind of actually, I'm glad that you guys are talking about it because I hope that it gets more attention because it is kind of uh, a really good like macro example of like the conflict between, I guess, kind of capitalism and art. Because mm. um, the issue is just purely that, like, if anybody's gonna get out of this alive, it's Live Nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds that yeah. way. <laughs> sounds and, like and they're, I mean, themselves. my understanding is that they're actually playing things fairly conservatively. Like, I don't, I, I, that, there's a lot of people talking about like taking over venues that need the taking over. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of independent venue owners personally. Um, and all of them that I know are like will do ev- everything in their power to make sure that their venue is not bought out by Live Nation. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But then on the other hand, I also know you know venue owners who work with Live Nation, and I see the sort of conservative like money saving, money shaving, like you know let's just hold on to the cash as much as we can practices and and things that they're going through right now. Uh, yeah. where, so like, when you say conservative, do you mean conservative in like their acquisition strategy or conservative yeah. in like when they come in and occupy, they're, they're basically, they just cut the costs? Um, or is it kind of, yeah. I mean, that they, the, my understanding is they, there's a, I mean, like this has been published in a number of places that like something like mm-hmm. 95% of their staff has been affected by some degree of like layoff or whatever. Um, and I'm sure that's all on the, the you know, the live event end. Um, so mm-hmm. there is that, but also just that like, that they haven't started buying venues. Because um, there are plenty that, like, you know, I mean, for for as many people that I know personally who don't want to, like, give up their venue, there are still, I'm, I'm sure, plenty who would be like, no, you know what, actually, I could I could use that money rather than not sitting here <laughs> continuing to lose money. Um, but yeah. I don't see Live Nation making those moves. I think the I think they're I think the whole game is just that everybody thinks that they're they're the only ones going to have the the capital the and, capital and infrastructure to survive right. this. Well, before we get too far into the weeds, can we can we just kind of like step back and look at this from like a macro perspective? Like, Nick, what was the article about in particular? And what is Live Nation doing right now that is actually putting them on a good footing throughout this pandemic? It was it was the the premise of the article was basically like, hey, why is why is why is Live Nation stock price risen so much throughout the pandemic when they're not putting live shows on? What's what's the story behind that? Um, and it kind of gets immediately into what what Wine's touching on, which is that it's just it's been a you know series of mergers and and um, collapsing uh, mid mid market venues into into this this organization, and then I guess their merger with Ticketmaster like throughout the past I don't know ten years mm-hmm. is that yeah I mean that it, right? it, that the, the the merger with Ticketmaster is relatively old by like industry standards, but it is yeah. I mean that's that's part of it is that like they have all the tickets and major venues so like right right so all the big shows essentially go through them and and basically the point that it was making was that investors were betting that they were the only ones that were going to be out of this thing alive is, right. is basically why their stock price has gone up is because because of you know the conservative uh, hoarding of cash or not not hoarding but basically holding on to the cash and, and and doing mass layoffs to make sure that they get through this um, and still have the dominance that they did when they when they entered it Right. Um, but it's obviously problematic as a, a bunch of the other venues are closing. Um, it kind of just it, it ensures the point that if they're all getting shuttered, that when this thing does come 
come out of come, when we come out of the other side of this thing that they're pretty much going to be the only ones offering these ticket sales for larger 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 concerts is that right though is there is there no other big player there isn't a, a valid other player uh like you know for example I, uh, a band that i'm very close friends with um uh, they scheduled some shows in connecticut um and they were using um a fairly new uh ticketing service uh, that mm-hmm. was, you know, started in good faith by people who were wanting to present an alternative mm-hmm. to, to Ticketmaster and, and, and their sort of dominance. Um, yeah. And they had to, like, scrap, they had, a, a like, a fan presale, and they had to scrap not only the presale, but, like, the venue had to scrap ticketing with this company because they oh. were clearly so incapable of handling the actual like process of ticketing like fulfillment oh, just, just, just was literally it, like, like 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 have like like but my understanding was at some point somebody said like like wow i didn't realize so many people were trying, gonna get on all at the same time to try to get these tickets oh my god really yeah so infrastructure to infrastructure keep yeah like, i mean Not- this, is the, this is the thing like Ugh. like ticketing is is difficult like there's a there, there are hard. reasons why <laughs> Ticketmaster is the dominant uh force in that is that they like they, they decided to be like 40 years ago and have bought, bought up like various competitors over, uh, along the way but also are the only ones who actually have the capital to develop the the infrastructure necessary to um, functionally ticket an event especially if an event has you know more than a thousand tickets being sold mm-hmm. and all at once uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, and what even then, like the, I'm sure that any one of us have been in that situation of trying to get like you know Radiohead tickets or whatever, and like you know you get on and like you are number like you know twenty seven thousand in line, and like yeah. the system just crashes and the whole thing. Yep. Yep. There's um. Oh, what about uh, AEG? So Why AEG competes with Live Nation with Live Nation, not with Ticketmaster. AEG is purely like right. Um, okay, that's yeah. Venue ownership, uh, promotion, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but Live that's, Nation also has like you know uh, their their management arm, uh, Artist Nation, I think it's called, and that's where like you know Rock Nation's under that, like other things like that. Uh, like there's just they, mm-hmm. they they have like I, I was about to say they have their fingers in all of the musical pies, but it's like they they have like you know a giant grabber claw around each of the pies <laughs> is where <Yeah>. they're at. <laughs> okay. That's not even dipping their fingers. No, no, no. It's it's like you're you're, you're trying to get your hand in, like between, like the arms of the grabber claw, to try to get your little bit. It's funny, man. Like right right before the pandemic, uh, one of the last shows I did with the Red Not Chili Peppers was in Vegas, and it was our first show for a live nation. It was at the House of Blues. Hey, Bird Clock. Bird Clock. Um, he saw that show. Yeah. He was able to get yeah, tickets. Yeah, uh-huh. it was a good one. But anyway, it was it was cool because it was we you know we were excited. We we're like, oh well, that's it. We're in the door with Live Nation, and you know they're the big guys, and we gotta you know take advantage mm-hmm. of this. And there was it there was something at stake for that for that gig, and we delivered. So did it translate were, into more sales for you than a typical gig? You mean like concert sales for that night? Yeah, sure. Or was well, the I return mean, the any better for your band? I don't know. Was there any? That was my question. Yeah. No, it was it was a great show. They pr- promoted it well. Um, it, the room was full, um, but uh, we weren't able to see the effect that it would have had because again, COVID happened right afterwards. Yeah. Mm. So it wasn't like we could use it as any momentum. You know, like I think that if it had been a normal year, we would have been hit up by them again based on the success of the Vegas show. Gotcha. And uh, that's what we were looking forward to, or at least we, you know. 
we have somebody there. So when we're trying to book, let's say, House of Blues in New Orleans through another contact, we have wine. You know, probably what I'm talking hey. about. Like that, then we can, you know, sort of get our arms around it. Mm-hmm. Be like, well, you know, so and so who who helped us out with this Vegas show, they can step in and say, oh yeah, I can vouch for them. It's a good, it's a solid act, you know. And, but were the um, terms they tossed out for that first show like were they? Were they like trial terms? Or, 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 or? Kind of, yeah, yeah. And I didn't I didn't have any part in negotiating it, but um, it was kind of presented to me as like, listen, the pay, is, like, the pay is normal. It's not like, you know, but it's going to be at this nice venue with, you know, it's in Vegas. We got, we have rooms uh, at the, wherever it was, Mandalay Bay. So, you know, it's, it's not like a vacation, but it's Vegas, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. a, it's a little bit more of a, of an adventure. Sure. sure. So anyway, the point is that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, I mean, especially, you know, I, I, I just hope that we made a good enough impression that they'll remember us a year later, <laughs> you know, especially if they're going to be running things, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, luckily you guys are a, a cover band, so there's a, a certain yes. um, safety in booking you. Um, but I was going to say that, like, exactly. like just what, what you were describing there actually speaks a lot to the sort of the dominance that, that uh, Live Nation has too, that like they're one of the only organizations that where through which you can functionally try to book a tour right now. Yeah, get yeah. a gig, wow. get hotels, like get yeah. Or I just, I mean, wow. even just just knowing that like these twelve venues between this city and yeah. this city are going yeah. to exist and are willing to yeah. pencil in some dates for you know sometime in the next nine to twelve months um, mm-hmm. because right. they know wow. they're still going to be there and they know that they're all yep. connected with each other versus like exactly. you know That's trying to thing, book like have- you know the 930 club and like Tipitina's and like, mm-hmm. you know, these great independent venues yeah. that are normally part of like your touring yeah. circuit, but like, you don't know for sure, like when they're going to open back up and how they're going to be functioning and like whether or not they're going to yeah. be able to accommodate whatever, like the touring thing is. Let me just solidly step into like devil's advocate shoes Ooh, right. here. Okay, This is for, I don't know. The late I didn't even person. know we had a position so far. <laughs> <laughs> I have no position. You guys can probably guess my position on this. Like I, I'm clearly anti-monopolistic. I think what Live Nation and Ticketmaster have done bold, has been bold, terrible. But <laughs> just for the sake of argument, like Wyan, mm-hmm. what has been? What's the issue with a conglomerate taking over the sole reins of the live music ticketing? production and you were, you were talking earlier about the difficulties that some smaller organizations have with handling ticket requests so what's the problem with an organization like Ticketmaster or Live Nation stepping in and delivering a quote unquote quality product for well, the masses here yeah you know, like i kind of said at the top the whole the whole thing is really kind of a demonstration of the conflict between capitalism and art um, where like you know, particularly in throughout U.S. economic history, especially in the last like fifty years or so, um, generally speaking, if someone has all of the economic control over a market, they don't do the right things. Um, <laughs> like just in my like, I, I have a little bit of experience with uh, working uh, with a venue that um, started working with with Live Nation. It's just just like as an example of of something that like like really really bugged me. Uh, and then this is just like this. Well, well this is how it works now because it's Live Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that like it used to be that like at at settlement time, like 
we had your money. Like it was good to go. Like you could, right. if we were writing you a check, you could deposit that check immediately. Like if you, and this happened very frequently. Like the tour manager would literally like do the like online banking, like take a picture of the check mm-hmm. and then boom, boom, it's in the, the bank account. All good. Right. right. Um, and then when Live Nation took over, all of a sudden the checks have to have like a certain amount of time to clear and mm. you can't necessarily guarantee to the band that like that money that we paid to them tonight is good when mm. and mm, like mm, you know mm. and then we started having problems with like checks bouncing and like all these like really um, yeah and I, and I and and you know I don't think that that's necessarily inherently like a like live nation practice that's um, anti getting musicians paid but I think it's right, literally right. The, the, the nature of at that scale like everything has to be accounted for properly like they will be audited right. at any moment like everything has to be by mm-hmm. the book everything has to be recorded and that doesn't really allow for you to you know Take pay somebody yeah, at take the moment. like twenty right. grand out yeah. of the safe and be like, here you go, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen but that? But that's but that's always been like you know like I mean look when when Greg and I were playing together, we didn't play any Live Nation venues together, and money was you know I, I was the one who had to go collect the money, and the money was always there at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's just like one example of like like when it's scaled out to that level and you're the only person in control. Like, there's no inclination for you to do everything's like, on your yeah, terms. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, well, what do I want to do? I want to make money. Like, you know, Live Nation isn't necessarily concerned with like putting on a good show. Like, I'm concerned with putting on a good show. I know some, you know, right. There are some venue owners that that I'm friends with who like they're that's their concern. Like, they want to put on a good show. Live Nation wants to make money. Right. Right. So I mean, at this point, like you're talking about some of like the very famous independent venues that like you could probably name on one hand or two hands you know across the country tipatina's 930 club there's probably some door yeah i mean like outside of those is and again this is solidly in devil's advocate territory but like is live nation actually propping up the industry at this point no, because I mean the industry is completely dependent on like not even like the nine thirty clubs, but the like um what's that one spot in DC that like like is like the first spot that you play at if you're Velvet playing? Lounge? What's that? Velvet yes. Lounge, yeah, DC yeah, nine. The Velvet Lounges <laughs> of 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 uh right. America. Like that's that's what like that's what the whole foundation of the music industry is, and there's no room for that in the Live Nation system. Like, right. they, like right. they have the infrastructure to handle everything from like you know Madison Square Garden to House of Blues, but they don't actually. And I've you know I've seen this in action. They don't really have the industry to also take on the Velvet Lounge and DC Nine and you know these other places that ultimately yeah. kind of feed not only to like each other as they have their own networks, but also the larger clubs in each city. And those venues have been the casualties, really, unfortunately, of of COVID over the last. Oh yeah, no, because because I mean, at, at the end of the day, like you know, like a place like St. Vitus can put together a fundraiser and like manage to survive, but like mm, smaller places don't necessarily have even like just the yeah. visibility yeah. to to raise mm. the money that they need to be able to survive. Um, mm. One thing that that is promising though is that my understanding of the. Uh, like federal aid that's earmarked specifically for the entertainment industry is that it's it's it is intended to exclude Live Nation and AEG. That's good. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, a they have money, and b like there's other larger scale economic stimulus involved in all that 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 that, that benefits them that they don't necessarily need, like you know, an interest free loan from the government to make sure that they can continue to keep the lights on. 
So it sounds like the article title should be, of course, Live Nation did, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. has like r- ramped up well, over mean, the, the course this, of COVID it's, because it's it's only been at the at the disadvantage of the venues that couldn't that didn't have the capital to keep themselves propped up over this over the past. 16 months or, or yeah, 12 months. Well, but this is also coming from this perspective of Pitchfork where it's not like, you know, it'd be what the, like, uh, you know, I'm sure that like if there's a Forbes art story on her or like CNBC <laughs> or something like that that, it, that, that, that is how it's titled. Like, of course, Live Nation is, you know, mm-hmm. Why Live Nation's right. a good bet right, right now. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliantly. Um, yeah. But like, we don't necessarily like, I mean, it, it, I, I, again, like I, I like the fact that we're talking about it here and I like the fact that it's being talked about in Pitchfork that like we don't necessarily you know when we're when we're trying to create the art we're not, not just like at this from the, the as an investor that, like, standpoint that, yeah, that yeah there's this yeah. like that, that this this capitalist machine that like really does not give a shit about whether or not we get to create create the art one more question in that regard have they what have they done to because ticketing is hard but uh, but have but being on the programming side like it's certainly not impossible and it's also not impossible to scale that up to ha- to be able to handle you know thousands of concurrent and I don't say that arrogantly I say that meaning like it really is it straight up is do are they do, do they have a history of scooping up competitors like do, what how have they kept do you know of a tech company that's not willing to sell out uh, <laughs> how much are you paying because I'll I'll do it this is what I mean is is that like at yeah, the end so they, of the they day scoop like, these up. They scoop like these you get up to a certain size and and Ticketmaster is like oh cool you're you're, you're covering right, this yeah. region well and you've got these venues covered. Now Here's we 15 have million. Come on in. Yeah, okay. uh, and wow. there and there are. I mean, there there there's there's antitrust concerns around how they've uh, yeah, treated actually, yeah. that that the, the merger with Ticketmaster, um, and even like you know, I mean, I know of a a, a case I think got uh, ended up settling uh, with the company. I think it was Songkick uh, that was handling a lot of like you know like VIP event like like. Uh, added value kind of ticketing Special packages, kind of a, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there was like, there, you know, Ticketmaster played dirty with them, and now they own Songkick, and like they had to play a penalty, but like because they have all the money, they're like, all right, whatever. Here's the money. Here's the money. And we're sure. gonna keep Penalty's being fine. Live Nation. Yeah, it is so shocking to me. Like, it's not. It shouldn't be shocking, but it is shocking to me. Like, when a company has been so blatantly monopolistic and just so over the top, just like. We are going to be the dominant player in this industry. Sue us if you want. Nobody really gives a f- you know, like No, because like, because when the so tickets blatant. for the show you want to see go on sale <laughs> exactly. and the only place you can buy it is Live Nation, you don't give a Exactly. You just buy the tickets and then you're like, Oh crap, that was Live Nation. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm pretty sure they have StubHub too. Like they they they're they're yeah. they have the whole yeah. thing all all mm-hmm. locked down. Um, yeah, that was also, the one. I mean, you know, that was the one that like was like really galling to me was that they got StubHub, which is supposed to be like hmm. the resale, you know, like yeah, this is the, where it's, you're safe from scalpers, yeah. you know, like yeah. There's you. nothing Seriously. suspicious about this that they own the 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 primary <laughs> ticketing platform and the secondary ticketing platform. Yeah, uh, it's oh, like man. Amazon owning eBay as well. It really is sounding like Amazon. No, <laughs> it's like Amazon. But actually, I mean, you bring up Amazon. Like, this is this is why this is happening. Is that like you know, Amazon like affects people in Congress. Like, Facebook affects people in Congress. Like, people in Congress don't really care what's going on with Ticketmaster. (laughs) Right. Right. True. It's true. No. Like, if they're getting tickets to a show or a game, they're not getting it through Ticketmaster. They're getting it from like James Dolan. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I like what you, Jay, what you were saying. It's like it's like if Amazon owned eBay, right? But but Amazon yeah. is already all of that. I'm they, sure they're right. kind of sure yeah. products the that they make based on mouth, the sales. I was like, that's probably yeah. the right. case. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, yeah. It is. It yeah. is. And, and yeah, and yeah, I thought of Amazon earlier too, as we were just you know 
as we were describing the the monolith nature of Live Nation and, you know, how we just can't, you know, if you want to go to a concert, you're pretty much, you know. Yeah, if it's a big show. Their devices. Yeah, you yeah, got one it's a big sh- For the big shows, yeah, of course. And I know that, like, ro- all of Roger's shows are Live Nation, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's all just, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, you know, but we, we, we kind of already know what's going <laughs> Right. Well, the, the, I mean, it touches on the whole antitrust element uh, near the end of the article. Um, it does seem like it's missing the the powerful enough people that are pissed off enough to to push for it. I, I don't I don't mm. see where that comes from. Why? And do, do you have any? Well, I mean, like, there's also like like we kind of. It's funny that you bring up Pearl Jam because we we kind of tried and like biffed yeah. it so yeah. hard with with yeah. the Pearl Jam thing that like, master, yeah yeah that like I mean to some degree Congress is kind of like oh we we already looked at this and yeah. like right, right, right. The, the musicians were wrong and of course they were because they're dumb musicians so <laughs> yeah. not pay any more attention to this. That's got to be really galling. Do you know? Like I haven't bought Pearl Jam tickets in a long time. Are they going through Ticketmaster now? Just- Sometimes, but I was actually going to say, like, like if you want to like get an idea of like how difficult it is, especially at a band of you know, because Pearl Jam is like actually kind of huge still. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, big time. Look at their tour schedule and like compare it to like literally any other band their size, yeah. and you'll see like the weird routing that they have to do and the venues yeah. that they play that you necessarily haven't necessarily heard or like you know like, I mean. Most larger acts will do an entirely live live nation tour, but you know sometimes there's places like like you know for example like where we grew up in yeah, outside of uh, uh, DC, IMP is still the pro- the primary promoter there. Like if you're gonna play an, uh, a shed show, you're probably gonna play Merryweather, and that's not Live Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, you're gonna play like three Live Nation venues before that, and three Live Nation <laughs> venues after that. Right. Yeah. Uh, versus Pearl Jam, where it's more like they play like the one Live Nation venue in the city where like Live Nation is completely dominant, and then they really make a point to play the Merryweather's otherwise. Yeah. Well. All right. Wyan, thanks for the news from the bleak dystopian future. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that was way in with Wyan. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Wyan's Wyan, kind of an. Uh, he, he's he's pretty uh, knowledgeable about my topic. Do you think maybe we could? You can hang out for a little longer, right? I mean, oh, Fish, yeah. like, Fish has been playing the same song this whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, I wasn't it's at just that stash. show. But the I've, whole I've, show is stash. That's I've, it. I've heard the show. Like, it's, this yeah. isn't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like new information for me. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> right, so yeah. it's a stream of an old show. Yes. I still appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. What do you say, Wyatt? Is it on? You down for a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, more? Yeah, hang out. Hang out, hang out. So, so, yeah, so check this out. Um, instead of the dystopian future, let's go back to... Uh, the glorious past, and okay. uh, still well, yeah, owned by you know, Ticketmaster. Right. Still yeah. owned by Ticketmaster. Actually, <laughs> we're going to take it back to let's see, about 2006. So Ooh. about 15 years ago. 15 years That's ago. Crazy that 15 years ago is 2006. Yeah. Proceed. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right in the feels. Is that gray? Uh, what the freaking hell? <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, in 2006, um, this record that I've been checking out a lot recently, um, Donuts by Jay Dilla came out. And um, yeah, so why don't we just play a little bit of it before, before we talk about it? Heck yeah, let's hear it. All right, what's the name of the song? This one is called Stop. Yo, 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 yo,
Yeah, there you have it, man. It's a cool like, album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely considered now like a classic. Pretty w- widely regarded as one of the most influential hip hop albums of all time, even though it's uh, instrumental hip hop. It's basically just beats. Yeah. Um, there's it's 31 beats, which is how old he was when he made the record, and he died like three days after it came out. Yeah. Wow. Right. So you guys probably got a little <laughs> bit of background, but so Jay Dilla, wine. You'll have to provide shed a little more light, but um, just a really um, what's a prolific uh, beat producer who came out of Detroit, I think, yeah, and um, with, a, with a band called Slum Village, which, Wyan, I believe you played me for the first time. Oh, Does that wow. sound right? I mean, I, 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 I'm definitely a Slum Village fan, and that's not out of the question <laughs> that I would have played them yeah. for the first time. Um, and Slum Village kind of has like a kind of a Tribe Called Quest kind of mm-hmm. vibe nice. to me. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, really- it's almost exactly like, like if Tribe Called Quest had come from Detroit instead of <laughs> outer boroughs of New York, then... There you go. I, yeah, and I guess uh, Jay Dilla was, he was the one responsible for their beats yeah. and um, didn't really rap a, a whole lot. Am I correct on that? No, and I mean, his, his, his career as an MC is fairly limited and kind of stands in contrast to his career as a producer. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I thought I'd, before I forget, you may have heard some of this um, record as like the bumps on Adult Swim. Okay. Oh. Um, if you ever watch Adult Swim, yeah. you hear this a lot. Gotcha. And okay. uh, it's also uh, the one of the first uh, songs off the off the record was used um, when Chappelle, when Dave Chappelle the, um, released two comedy specials on Netflix simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So he used it, it's it's starting to like we, we kind of hear a lot of this record all yeah, incorporated over the place. in ma- yeah mainstream culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also people have sampled it for new you know hip-hop and mm-hmm. uh, including including like guys like drake and but yeah so he died uh you know very tragically a couple of days uh after this came out but not you know we talked about the biggie smalls documentary last episode that was a whole different situation this this uh jay dilla had a uh, blood disease mm-hmm. a rare blood disease that he'd been fighting for years wow and so the trippy thing about this record is that he was he, i think 29 out of the 31 tracks he made in his hospital bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I literally, I had yeah, like, no idea. He had like, a little like Newmark turntable that like had this built-in speaker that he was, <laughs> you know, pulling samples off of. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And so wow. it, it, once I once I heard, so I'd been listening to this record. I had no idea that that's how it was made. Wow. And then I found out that that's how it was made. And then all of a sudden I listened back to it. And you know what I got a vibe of is a, uh, caretaker stuff you played oh really wow huh you know now wine may not be hip to caretaker but it was this extreme (laughs) record that jay played for us that's like how many hours long it's like six six, hours six hours long something like that yeah and and essentially it's like like, supposed to like kind of recreate a person's descent into dementia oh wow if you will yeah so it like plays like like old vintage samples and then like distorts them and starts to like repeat them in places and kind of it, it's really really cool. And, yeah. it, it's like wow. an audio representation of literally like how your brain starts yep. to misfire yes. and yes. wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's probably something you'd be interested in. Um, Makes so, for a long day. 
<laughs> a long sad well, no, I mean, day. That, that, that is interesting that you bring that up because that's that's one of the that like I I actually have difficulty listening to donuts for that exact reason that like I can wow. kind of hear like hear him degrade. Not degrade, but that, like that, that. This is clearly like the work of somebody who knows it's the last. Like it's it's like uh, is, was it the Fifth Symphony, Beethoven with the the. the oh, uh, right. like it's the sound of someone like like facing doom. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Black Star, Bowie's Black Star. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, Black exactly. Star. I thought you said yeah, Black very very similar. Like Black Star. Yeah. 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 Like, what? Um, <laughs> no, but like yeah, it's where in, even there's no lyrics here, but I, I know what you mean, Wine. There's definitely a vibe in there about. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something special. And anyway, I think everybody should listen to this. And honestly, there's I, I can't, I cannot imagine why someone wouldn't like this because it's not it's <laughs> it's got all the right. It checks off a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. personally. yeah. When um, you 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 brought it up, Greg, uh, he threw it in our, in our chat and said, "Hey, here's this hip hop album. Throw it on as background music." And like does not compute. Like if I'm doing work, I can't have a hip hop album on in the background because right. if there's words coming at me, I focus on the words and I can't get right. work done. So I, it can't be background music. But you know, we got down to it. And I'm like, I gotta listen to this dang album. <laughs> <laughs> so I threw it on. I was like, Oh snap! This is awesome. Yeah. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can work yeah, at this all day. And also, I mean, I know you guys appreciate sound collage yeah it was sure. really yeah. right you know and it's like so it's got that it's one of those things that i could listen to this while i'm driving i can do, listen to this while i'm just like doing laundry whatever it is you know yeah. it, it's it it doesn't have it doesn't ever get to a point where it's like whoa, whoa, whoa we gotta turn this off you know yeah. <laughs> what the right. hell is that yeah, yeah it yeah. doesn't it doesn't intrude but yeah. it, it it provides yeah. a presence so i uh, and wine is there anything you wanted um to add any 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 dilla facts that yeah, well i i i'll I'm thinking more about like like just where like the thing I particularly thought of was that the was it, you were saying that Wikipedia mentions it as like one of the most influential hip hop uh, records, yes. despite the fact that it's it's uh, uh, instrumental. Um, I mean, it's it's it really demonstrates the level of genius the way that that is an influential piece because like yeah. you had like like at the time that it came out, like most hip hop producers knew about Dilla. Like this this wasn't news sure. to them, um, mm-hmm. and Donuts was kind of was the first time that we were like you know I mean there's there's millions of beat tapes out there um, that have existed for a very long time that people either had like you know like there were the ones that were like super common that nobody was using any, any or then there was ones that like you know Q Tip or Questlove had that like nobody else heard because they weren't letting anybody touch those beats. Um, <laughs> So donuts was like sort of the first time that like you know all these you know this this secret that everybody had uh, was out in the open. And then the flip side of that is that like you know it kind of ends up being the super influential thing more so than like you know the second Far Side record or the the next to last uh, Tribe Called Quest record or, or whatever um, because it's just now that like current producers are catching up to what Dilla was yeah. doing oh, wow. you know on his in, in a hospital ago. bed 15 <laughs> yeah. years ago yeah. with with an with a you know with just an npc and a, a little like like you know standalone turntable um, cool. and and to that end like this the donuts serves as a really interesting sort of like launching point like you can either take donuts and like be like oh like let me listen to uh uh, uh that second far side record or yeah. uh, uh tripod quest love movement or or oh tell me more about that janet jackson tuna got till it's gone that is credited yeah. mm-hmm. to uh to you know her normal producers but is clearly not their work um <laughs> and it can also tell you in the other direction of like you know like oh this is kind of amazing like is there more out there and i think like you know like i'm, I'm a title user and i think the title has like 
five or six different Dilla beat tapes where it's literally just like oh. you can just listen to I'm gonna get Dilla creating I'm gonna... these sound collages for hours at a time. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm gonna get on that. <laughs> but yo, um, I. I I don't have I don't have too personally too much more to say, but I would like to play one more sample because I was like I think I know recognize his voice. Play play, play this uh, play play this tape and actually I think I think Nick and Jay know who this is. <laughs> this one stuck uh, out. I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna test Wyan here and see if you can recognize who's talking. Hey, he wants to get his girlfriend. Go get your girlfriend. Hey, and now. You are going to dance like you've never danced before. All right. Uh, this, they'll, they'll be matched. you catch that one? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's Frank based on yes, thank you. literally <laughs> everything about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, exactly. Ding. Yeah, this, so I mean, this, is, this is the level of G, like you know he was he was sampling like not not even just like I mean I'm, there's there's Frank Zappa samples that ex- exist in other beats too but like you know that he's also like grabbing stuff off of, I'm su- I'm assuming that's from uh, uh, you can't do that on stage uh, so he's grabbing just like banter and stuff um, there's also there's a there's a track on that first Q-tip solo record where he samples uh, Joe Pass's versions of Giant Steps which is just like oh, the most ridiculous thing for someone <laughs> to think to do mm-hmm. <laughs> wow that's yeah, incredible. I, I, you actually just made me think because I've been also been listening back to a lot of MF Doom lately, and on Mad Villainy they have a, a sample of uh, Bill Evans playing Nardis, but it's like three seconds. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden I'm like, Yo, that's that's Nardis. Right? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, Madlib is one of the very few producers who was like who was caught up to Dilla on any level, mm-hmm. and he's still like, I mean, he's not he's he's. They do a very similar thing, but they're slightly different, and like he doesn't quite have that same magic that Dilla does. But like he he gets it. Like that that's. Yeah, it's just so f- for me as a, as an you know, you guys know, and I'm sure that um, if you listen to the show, you know. I mean, I'm I'm out here. I'm I'm a multi instrumentalist. I know people hate to. I shouldn't call myself that, but that's what I am. Yeah, but this is an instrument I don't play, and I'm just like fascinated, yeah. you know, constantly by people who are good at this because I'm just yeah. like, how the, you know, like how do you make something this epic in your hospital bed? In your no hospital matter, like, bed. How good of a That's sh- the part that Yeah, no matter me. how good of a guitarist. <laughs> how do you manage you get, a stack you know, of records in your hospital bed? I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> no. people, pe- people were just but bringing him 40. People yeah, were no, just I, bringing him I totally uh, 45. Saying, That's incredible. It you know, stuff. And actually, um, we have to have uh, my, my friend Miles on the show, but uh, my, my friend Miles Tackett, He's a DJ oh. out here in LA. Do you know him? I mean, well, I, I, don't, I don't know I him mean, personally, you, but I've, I am a huge fan of his work. Oh, are you? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. Like well, I, so I literally like I, I will sit in my garage and just just like play drums along to the the Breakestra live mix. Oh, cool. Uh, we got to have him seriously. on here, man. Yeah. No, he's it's it's through a set, through a weird little set of circumstances. I've got, I've become buddies with Miles, and he. I invited him over and it was like, you know, this is not that long ago, COVID. We were safe. It was a very small gathering. <laughs> and uh, just saying, before anybody throws their arms up. Um, and I was like, hey, Miles, can you bring some like records over? Because he's just like a, you know, he's what, he's like a hot <laughs> DJ. But like he plays like all the cool, funky, old soul stuff. Nice. 
and uh he came over and i have two turntables and you know because i mean i again like i'm just fascinated with this stuff and he got on there and he just like <laughs> it, it was just a party right away you know it was really fun to, awesome. to to see someone operate like that so anyway i i could go on and on you know i i also have that bit mashups and uh what do i call it bangers and bangers mashups, mashups. <laughs> you know and so i i'm always interested when when people pull this off so you know go listen to jay dilla you'll love it yeah yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Loved it. All well, right. speaking of some funky old soul, you mentioned Yo, it. I did. And, you know, typically we like to play something on You Should Check It Out that maybe you haven't heard before. You know, something that, oh, I don't know, you should check out. Um, <laughs> but I'm going <laughs> to go We might ahead. be three for three tonight. Let's, yeah, what are we, 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 we going to listen to? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fairly certain in my guess that you all have heard this one. Oh, okay. But... I want to talk about it in a certain in a in a fairly different light, hopefully. So I'll let it roll. Okay. Obviously, that is oh, Superstition nice. by the magician Stevie Wonder off his incredible album from 1973, Intervisions. And right. we'll be coming back to that in just a second. Um, but my topic for this week is a guy that we talked about a couple of months ago. His name is Malcolm Cecil. Maybe Malcolm Cecil, oh, yeah. if, you're, if you're British. And he is British. If you like. <laughs> yeah, he was British. Um, unfortunately, we got the news that he passed away uh, this past Sunday at the age of 84. And Malcolm was hmm. a lot of things. He was a uh, engineer. He was a bass player, uh, a musician, and uh, a producer. Most famously, I think it's safe to say, he was the co-designer of a one of the earliest analog synthesizers called the Tonto. That, if you guys recall, right. we talked That's about right. a while ago. Yes, I do. The largest analog synthesizer that ever existed. Mm-hmm. And how much it influenced and all. Yeah, we really got into it. Right. Absolutely. So. Line. You still, you, do you still have time to hang out and talk about the Tonto? Or do you got to get back I'll to the fish I'll talk about show? Analog Sense if you guys want. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> cool. Just want to make sure you didn't have to run out. I just assumed. I Sorry, he's in, for, he's in for the hall. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah, so he was the co-designer. They're still playing the same song. <laughs> <laughs> he was the co-designer of the Tonto, which is the the original new temporal timbral orchestra. And uh, he co-designed that with Bob Margaleff. Um, he took ownership of it in 1975, and it moved into 
Electric Ladyland Studios. And uh, he maintained it for the rest of his life, nearly 40 years. It appeared on a lot of different albums. We kind of talked about this a while ago. It appeared on albums by Quincy Jones, the Isley Brothers, the Doobie Brothers, James Taylor, and for the purposes of this conversation, the famous run of albums by Mr. Stevie Wonder throughout the 70s. Now, when I Mm -hmm. brought that up last time, I knew that Stevie Wonder was associated with the Tonto, and I knew that I had heard the sound of the Tonto, but I associated with sounds like from like living for the city, um, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of like really, really synth heavy sections in a lot of those songs that sound very 70s mm-hmm. synthy. But I didn't know mm-hmm. the sound of Superstition is Stevie's electric keyboard played through the Tonto and all the bass lines really? are all Tonto bass lines. I always thought it was like a clavinet, oh, like yeah. through a wah pedal or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I thought, But too. that's all Tonto. Yeah. Wow. Wait, I, so even it, fro- I mean... Wyatt is either frozen or I just blew his mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, so is he, play, is, is he playing the clav through the Tonto and like so. using the Tonto's filters and everything to... Yeah, no, that, that I mean... That tracks, but I was I was also not aware of that, and that makes a lot of sense. Why that is like such a distinctive right. sound? So cool! I, yeah, it's crazy. Like and I said, the thing I, is like the size of a room, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it took two guys to operate. Yeah. So the story is that like Stevie would just right. be sitting there, like on his keyboard, just playing some riffs and stuff like that, and he would just tell the guys Malcolm and Bob to go over there and twiddle some knobs until he found the sound that he liked. But it was cool the way that it was described in a couple different articles that I read that it was kind of like the birth of like the way that we think of now, like you put in a couple of MIDI notes on a keyboard, run it through a couple different patches till you found this found the sound that you like. But back in the 70s, yeah. Yeah. that really wasn't the case. But this was kind of like an early version of doing that. He had these analog yeah. tracks, fed it through the Tonto, screw it up the way that you like until Stevie was happy. And then you got your record. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Cool. What was the band I played for for you last time? Oh, the uh, uh was it was it Malcolm's band? Jesus Lizard? No, it was the uh oh, No, I'm oh, talking about oh. like the first time we talked about Yeah, because it was Mike Malcolm's band. Yeah, no. Right? It, yeah, not Jesus Lizard. That was yeah. <laughs> it's uh I don't the, think they used the Tonto. <laughs> yeah, no, the Tonto no, name yeah. Tonto is in the name. Oh, the <laughs> the expanding headband? Tonto's expanding headband. Right, right. Yeah, I think the album was called Zero Time. It was from 1971. Zero Time, that's it, yeah. And that was the album that caught Stevie's atten- yeah. attention back in the day. He was like, I got to work with these guys. Yeah, yeah. Cool. no, I mean, well, well uh, Stevie's got an incredible ear for texture and the the coolest new gizmos, as Wine and I found out at NAMM that one time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> we were, we were, yeah, it was, it, the story is... There was someone, um, and I can't remember which company he was working for, but someone I knew from D.C. I bumped into him as Nam was ramping up our, my very first uh, time there. And he's like, yeah, I'm here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some high-end, um, str- basically, like, you know, I, I don't know if Spotify has an equivalent of this, but Tidal has something called Master now so like if you when you're listening when you're picking an album you can listen to like a regular version or the master version which is a higher huh. uh quality Fidelity? and 
And anyway, that's what he was working on was like the uh, the technology for that. Oh wow! Um, with some German engineers and but he, but obviously it was small. It was just him and two guys, and they were like in the bowels of the convention center, like way deep in the corner. But he told I mean, me also, like this was like like super super nerdy tech. Like everybody else has all these like guitars and pedals and drums <laughs> yeah, and everything. Yeah, and these guys they have just have these like look at. three boxes about yay big <laughs> right, with like yeah. a light on one side and a bunch of jacks on the other side. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's not very sexy. Um, and Nam is definitely one of the, I mean, it's everything, it's loud everywhere. So how can you even test something like right, that? Right, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. but it's more about how things look at, at, at that convention, which is ironic because yeah. it's supposed to be the way things sound. Anyway, so he told me where he was going to be. And at one point I was on a break because um, Wyan and I were working together for D'Angelico and I went down to go visit him. And then, like, as, as I'm talking to him, you know, he, he's just tired because he's been giving the same pitch. You know, I, I was like, I, I am curious about this, but you don't have to give me your whole pitch. You're, I can tell your voice is tired. Um, he's like, it's all good. And then out of the corner, I see Wyan coming by. I'm like, hey, Wyan, what's up, man? Come come check this stuff out with me. You know, and Wyan comes over. Now, now the guy's got to give the pitch again. <laughs> like, no, I'm, like, I'm super pitch. engaged. Like, no, tell me more about this fancy <laughs> DMC. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden, literally, we were, we were, we were standing right there talking to my friend Chabon. Uh, about his super advanced nerdy gear stuff and then all of a sudden around the corner the same corner that wine had just come from stevie wonder wow and Good like Lord. and like 10 people around him you know kind I of would hope entourage. He had an entourage mm-hmm. yeah. and, and oh yeah oh, oh he yeah. had like 10 people surrounding him at all times and then when he would stop somewhere <laughs> like another 200 people like like we were like kind of standing there like in, in a row and then all of a sudden like Steve, you can. Sorry, I don't want to well, jump in. The, 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 the craziest thing is that we would never. I mean, Wine and I would like be like, "Oh, look, it's Stevie," but we would never like chase him around. He came right up to the table that we were at already, what? and sat and stood right next to. It. I have a selfie of it. Like I had to, you know, like I didn't ask, yeah. you know. Like it's, it's, the three of us, like, me, Greg, crazy? and his friend. All of a sudden, it's me, Greg, his friend, and Stevie Wonder in the middle of all of us. <laughs> At the lamest yeah. table in all of Nam. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but that's what he, he went. He went specifically to check out this table. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. But but the craziest thing is that as he as he turned the corner, that my friend Chavon he sprung into action. He was like, "Okay, guys, he's here." Like they knew that he was going to be right. there that day. And I think that maybe he was nervous about that when, <laughs> you know, when I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, tell me more he's, about your." He's, th- he's th- telling you about it, just looking over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, the whole pretty time. much. Pretty much. I think yeah. he knew, like, sort of roughly, like what day and between when, what time Stevie might show up. Anyway, so it was beautiful though because Stevie showed up, and Chabon like knew to like grab his right hand and like mm-hmm. put this thing in his hand he knew what to do already the protocol yeah yeah and like gave him the headphones like really gently and then steve was like uh-huh uh-huh yeah all right oh uh, yeah okay okay you know that like listening to the stuff and then that was pretty much it and then they just he put it down and he was like all right all right i'll be in touch and, and then they just kept moving wow and, and wow. ryan and i were like did you see what just happened <laughs> <laughs> you know you know it was crazy that is so, so freaking cool yeah it was it, it and he has a reputation. He shows up every year out there for that thing, but you don't necessarily catch a glimpse of him because, again, he's walking around with that entourage. You and, wouldn't yeah. think he'd be down there in the bowels, like testing out the black boxes. Like that's, he that's was. really amazing. Well, but that, I mean, that's a, that, that's what he's actually interested in. Is like, I mean, yeah. these, these, yeah. these black boxes aren't like anything flashy or pretty, but their whole intent is to make the sound going into your ears as good as humanly possible. And yeah. he's definitely down with that. 
Mm. Yeah. So there you go. That, that, I mean, yeah. That that was a. That's a. Hope you don't mind us going down memory lane, but uh, no, no, yeah. Steve, we want yeah. a story that works. That's brilliant. brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, I'll have to. Di- I'll have to dig up that photo. Maybe we'll put it in the uh, in the post. This yeah, let's say you definitely have like like that's 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 one of my favorite photos. Yeah, of yeah. Of yeah, it's funny because I'm like I, I'm I I'm you can see half my face and I'm super bleary eyed from like three days, uh, three oh, four man, days man. of just like barely sleeping, and Wyan's over there and he's just kind of like. He's got the, he's grinning. He's making oh, what uh, yeah, we call the I've awesome face. I've got like face. full smirk going like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> what's happening? It is absurd. I'm standing next to yeah. Stevie Wonder. That is crazy. Yeah. It, it makes and you again, wonder. It, it makes you wonder what they told Stevie, like the Tonto looked no like. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea. It was like the entire building was this synthesizer, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He thought, he thought the guy he was yelling at was named Tonto. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he kept telling them to like move it to different parts of the room, and they're like, "Oh man." <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome, guys. I'm really glad yeah. we got some blind jokes in there. That I'm, I feel okay, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Oh my goodness. It's all good fun. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, that was great. Jeez, this was awesome, yeah. Wyan. Thank you so much for saving this week. You know, yeah. we were down yeah, in the gutter. Always to chat with you guys. Yeah, man. We're on top and, of the world. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get this out there. Um, do I need to tell the people where to find us? Are, are we Since you brought up? it up, yeah. All right. Well, you can find us on find us on Facebook. You should check it out. Find us on Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck, and uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We leave us a review. Email us at yscio_podcast at gmail Let us know what you think of the show and pass it on. Let's go. Absolutely. Right, 2021. And, we and out here. Once we find our Facebook password, we will get back on Facebook Live one of these days. Oh, that's true. We do need to find it. Might be our Tonto. Facebook. It's COVID. Oh, remember? It's one it's of those Tonto. Yeah. Tonto Wonder. That's it. <laughs> there it is. We got it. There it but is. we will do a better job about advertising that and getting that out there so you guys know when to find us on Facebook. And uh, we're Social excited. Social media is exhausting, to do it. everybody. Come on. And uh, excited to be here with Wyan. And uh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I think it's a wrap, guys. Good to catch up. That's a wrap. How about we see you next week? Kick it. Bye. Peace.